Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 4-8 Men podcast. I am your, I don't want to say host, but I'm your person that's doing the interviewing today, uh, Christian Huff. It's good to be here. And if this is your first time joining us, I'm uh, just thrilled that you are joining with us. And I'm so excited to have our guest today. His name is Luke Parker. If you don't know him, he is just an awesome man. He loves fitness. He loves Jesus. And he uh, works out up in Cookville with Rich Froning and CrossFit Mayhem. And I actually had the privilege to get to know him this past summer. Uh, Rich invited me up for a workout, and we just had a great conversation. I got to really know him, and really all of our conversations led to Jesus and not to actual fitness, which was uh, just such an awesome thing for me to get to um, talk to a brother and really just get to talk about fitness and all the things that the Lord's doing in his life and in my life and kind of how our two little worlds collided. So welcome Luke Parker to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. And I thought it was funny, too, when you said Rich invited you up for one workout. Because <laughs> uh, you you came up when we were in the middle of games training, which was a little bit more than one workout. But. Yeah, which, which which was not relayed to me because that was – I remember telling Sadie, I was like the – the one day I was up there, I think total on my Apple Watch, it ended up dying by the end of the day because – I had used so much battery from training that day. It ended up being like over, it was probably five or six hours. And I was like, I couldn't, I was like, I don't yeah. train six hours in a week. And these dudes are doing this in a day. I'm like, but I mean, it was so yeah, admirable because I'm like, intense. y'all are just animals. Yeah, that was an intense time to say the least. Yeah, well, like I said, I say I say one workout. It was like, it. the time span was over two days. And I think it equated to like, eight or nine hours of of legit physical training it wasn't like we were just kind of sitting around and you know high-fiving we were actually like and it was my first CrossFit workout Rich did not know that at the time and I just got up there and got thrown to the wolves I typically just you know do some kind of bodybuilding just full body kind of just stuff and when I got up there I think my first thing was like pegboards rope climb clean and jerk yeah, you're thrown to the fire and i'm like okay absolutely thrown to the fire let me just set this preface here i have no crossfit background and i think clearly you think that that's what i do so it was pretty funny <laughs> yeah that was funny that was awesome it was cool though i mean you're getting a like olympic lifting personal coaching seminar from 10-time crossfit games champion rich browning i mean that was pretty that was pretty cool I felt like your experience. I feel like your experience was pretty epic, and the timing it was just oh perfect. for sure, man. Well, that was what was so cool too, because like while we did train, you know, physically so much, and we did work out so much, like I left being so refreshed spiritually, which was cool. Because yes, we did train, you know, for six hours that day, but I remember more just the conversations that I had, and I remember more the you know, the worship music that we played during the barn and just all those different things more than yeah. I actually remember, you know, me sweating to death trying to do a rope climb, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, well said. Oh, man, it's always so enjoyable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been great. It's been great for me even. Like, I've been in Cookville now um, a, a year and a few months, and I've had the opportunity to meet some really really special people that have been pillars lately in my life. And it's, it was a cool opportunity to meet you through the barn, which I thought was epic. And like you, you know, already said to introduce me, like our conversations were just heading straight to Jesus. It, well, I mean, we talked a lot of fitness too, but um, it was mostly about our faith, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so you do. So 
I'm sure, you know, people who are listening, I'm sure they know who you are. So you do work out up there at CrossFit Mayhem in Cookville and you and Rich are like best friends. So how did, how did that relationship start and where, how'd you all kind of, you know, get to know each other in that, in that space? This is a hilarious story. Um, <laughs> I enjoy sharing it. So is first off is definitely a, a God thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you the elevator pitch in the beginning of this, but long story short, you know, a few years ago, my sister-in-law had signed me up for reality TV. I ended up going the bachelorette and Rich's wife, Hillary, um, was a huge fan of it, huge fan of the show. And when I was going to the 2019 CrossFit games to spectate for the first time, um, I like made a post on my Instagram and I had been tagged with her handle of someone saying, oh my gosh, she's going to be here. And I remember thinking, man, I should reach out and DM her and DM her. I was like, hey, look, I've, I've read Rich's book. I'm a huge fan of your guys' um, story, how you guys use your faith with your platform and love your adoption story. And, you know, I don't know if you even know who I am, but I'd love to meet you. And she like sent me a bunch of emojis and was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to meet you. Long story short, I was being fangirled by Rich's wife and I was fangirling Rich at the same time. Uh, Hil Hillary was great. And to kind of, like I said, again, to speed the process up, like I got to get connected with a lot of people from Mayhem. And then on the way home, I had a, a layover in Atlanta and Brian Nelson, who is the CFO of Mayhem, who actually happens to be my roommate now, he and I had some faith conversations and I told him that same story I just told you. And he's been helping Rich with his finances for over 10 years and he's been his right-hand man. So they're very close. And then he started talking about how Mayhem was gonna start a nonprofit called Mayhem Mission. And I told him, I was like, hey man, I'd love to help out any way I can, um, even though I'm living like in Atlanta at the time. And long, long story short, ended up helping out with some nonprofit um, projects and got to know Rich and Hillary better. And I got invited just to come up and train at the barn one day and got an invite and packed up my bags and left, left Georgia and now I'm stationed in Cookville, Tennessee. That's awesome. So, so y'all's relationship was kindled because of Hillary's love for, for the show. Yes. 100%, <laughs> which is hilarious. I'm guessing that Rich didn't watch it. I'm no, no, not until not until a few months ago, he watched a few episodes and was just like, "Wow." He was he, he was probably still working out when the show was when the show was going on. Yeah. His, For his, sure. His ten-hour training session of that day. Um, but you'd brought it up, so you. You know, for those of you, um, that's kind of what I said at the beginning. If you don't know Luke, y yes, you might know him from Rich and from Mayhem, but you also might know him from the show that he was on, The Bachelorette, which it's, it's such a cool story, Luke, because that's kind of where you got your platform from. Um, for sure. So w what's that kind of been like for you being known, you know, being known from the show to now being known um, in the fitness industry? Kind of how has that, that maybe shaped, you know, your identity in a sense or you know, just kind of your life from people knowing you from, you know, being on the show to now being known for being a, a, a high CrossFit competitor and in, in all the things that you're doing. Right. Um, you know, my, my biggest thing has always been, you know, faithful over famous. And it's funny. I remember having a conversation with my best friends and I was like, man, you know, like all our friends, and this is before I ever won the show. Um, all our friends in college were just always ranting about like, oh my gosh, 
what would it be like if I had a blue tick, a blue check mark on Instagram? You know, what, what would it be like if I had millions of followers and I was famous, quote unquote? And I was having this conversation with my best friend and I remember telling him like, man, I don't, don't want to be famous, but if I'm ever, ever in a position where I can have fame, like I want that for the opportunity to be able to let people know Jesus. And I want God to be known. And, you know, it was kind of interesting. And I don't want to get into too many details. I mean, if you lead the conversation however you want. But, um, yeah, I mean, having going zero to 100 <laughs> real quick with followers on Instagram getting off the show um, was just an interesting experience. And I know that, like, God was totally in each and every bit of my experience. And I could go on and on and on about all the lessons I learned from it. But I, I think it was really neat how... You know, people that go on that sh that show in the Bachelor franchise, they really do go from no platform to a platform instantly, and they have a voice instantly. And you know, I've just been trying to be a good steward with that and um, use my platform just to help encourage and inspire others. Definitely through fitness, but also through my faith. And it's been neat. And I definitely am not like chasing fame by any means. And just right now, I feel like God's coming across the community and. That's what I'm pursuing is being a professional fitnesser, fitness racer, <laughs> crossfitter. And yeah, just continuing to um, take advantage of what he's, you know, placed before me. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I love, you know, I love that you said that just the idea of being, you know, faithful over being famous because, you know, I'm kind of in a similar boat in a way, you know, when, um, when me and Sadie first started dating, I think I had like, you know, a couple thousand followers on Instagram. And then when our relationship with public, it really was like, I think I went from like 7,000 to like, like 100,000 followers, like by the end of the day. I remember we were on a mm. ski trip and uh, I left my phone in the room and she wasn't there yet, but she posted something. And literally that afternoon, I got back to my room and I had like 100,000 followers on Instagram and it was just crazy. Um, yeah. But it really like, it, it, it was that same way. It was, it was never like, I want to be famous, but if, if this fame has been given to me, what am I going to actually do with it? And, mm. you know, it's just become such a platform um, just for testimonials. I mean, before I met Sadie, I wasn't, I mean, a few years before I met Sadie, you know, I was not living the life that I, um, you know, that I clearly I was living at the time that we met and the Lord did a lot and really redeemed a lot of that. And, and you know, I was saved, you know, and early on in college and that really just tr had a huge trajectory um in my life and I would not be um the person that I am now without you know the Lord doing that but also even just giving a platform like it is so cool because if, if you have that mindset of wanting to be famous when you actually get it it's going to be so destructive and I know Sadie's dad says that um Oh, he, it's it's such a good idea, but he says that if you're a bad person or if you're a mean person, when you get famous, you're just going to be a more well-known mean person. <laughs> like if you like because you're the the heart and That's the it. quality is still going to you know still going to be the same, but you're just going to get expedited this platform, and it's going to like you're not going to know what to do with it because you're wanting it for the wrong reasons. And <clears throat> I'd say, I mean. Man, there's there's so much I want to dissect in that. But what's on my mind now is like, man, like it's part of my story when I was on TV. You know, I 
definitely my my heart and soul goal was to let God be glorified. And at the time, I was in a very strong um, relationship with God. I was I was mature. Let's just say that I felt like I was a very mature Christian, right? And I felt like I was ready. And I was not. <laughs> so it's this idea of like, I don't know, if I have like a bar graph, I, I think of like where my maturity was and then my platform just like outran it. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, and like I said, I could go on and on about the things I learned from the show, but um, I think it was just really neat to be able to take a step back and dissect um, everything that I had done on that show. And it helped me mature so much as a man. And because, I mean, you can imagine being exposed, whether it's edited or not, like being exposed to millions and millions of people on TV and be like, okay, well, why did I say certain things in certain situations? Why did I do these things in certain situations? You know, like, where was my heart at? Like, was I focused? Well, first of all, was I in the word that morning? Was I reading my Bible? Where was my heart in these decisions? And growing from that and learning from it, I think is yeah. massive. Well, how did you, and even just going, you know, into faith kind of right off the bat, how did you lean on God in that time? Because, you know, I feel like, like you said, getting that platform and getting that, you know, fame in a sense, really kind of overnight where people kind of knew who you were. How did you lean on God during that time of getting past people, like getting over what people thought of you or what people knew you as based off what the show kind of portrayed? I was definitely wrestling God in my faith and prayer. And certain things would happen, and I'm sure you know, like for sure, things catch like wildfire on social media. So if like anything happened, I would be wrestling with God at night in prayer and just being like, why are you why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? And God definitely taught me to never lose faith in him because there was times where a lot of doors were closing that I thought for sure that had to been that had to have been my purpose and it wasn't. But God opened up many more doors um, to glorify him through it and opportunities for me to um, grow my faith through it and better things in my life. Right. Although in my mind, I'm like, this this can't turn out good, you know. And I think that was just super, super humbling. And then another thing too, and this is, I'll just give you a quote that my sister-in-law who ended up signing up for the show, her dad is a pastor. He's been a pastor for many, many years, like 20 years, then was full-time like evangelist, traveled preaching, and then now he's a pastor again. Anyway, he told me this quote. He and I were actually doing a Q&A at uh, University of Georgia, uh, Bulldogs. And it was in front of like, at first it was supposed to be a Q&A in front of the, uh, like a, some of the underclassmen who were on the football team and they invited some friends and then they found out um, I was coming and it was kind of funny. There was like 300 sorority girls who show up. Anyway, it was actually great. Like 20 um, freshman girls gave their life to Christ literally at this Q&A, which was praise God for that. Anyway, I don't want to get um, off track here, but Bucky, my sister-in-law's dad, Bucky's his name, told me this quote and I thought it was really cool. And he said, um, so I was about to go up there and speak and he was like, remember that you serve an audience of one. And I, man, there was something about that, um, that quote that just really drove home and hit me. And one of the biggest things that I learned on that show and 
you would have never known this from, you know, watching it, but one of my biggest things was being insecure. I mean, everyone's got insecurities in their life, but my biggest thing was being self-conscious or this term or quote or term, uh, fear of man and worrying too much what other people think of me. And he just told me, he was like, Hey man, just remember, like, you're not doing this. You're not up here speaking for all of these people. Like you're doing this for God. God's put you here and you're doing this for an audience of one. Just remember that when you're up here speaking. And I remember him saying it to me like it was yesterday and just focusing on that. Like, I'm not here to serve other people. I'm not doing this for other people. Don't get me wrong. Like ser serving is great. It's one of my core values. Like service to other people is what I'm here for. But when it comes to like the root of why I'm doing things, like I'm here to serve an audience of one. I'm not here to, you know, show off for these people. I'm here for God. That's powerful. That's awesome. After you said that, I almost said, whoa, that's good. Um, that's Sadie's podcast. Whoa, that's good. So I thought that would have been funny to say, but that was such a serious moment. Put a little plug in there. Get a little plug in there. Um, but no, dude, that's so awesome. And I love that you mentioned that because I feel like, you know, a lot of times as guys, you know, we get, you know, pegged this, you know, this masculinity thing that a lot of times we do walk through insecurities, you know, and we do have things that, you know, that we go through that do make us insecure, but we also feel like we can't, you know, necessarily share them because that's a sign of weakness in a way which is not mm. true. Um, and I know that, you know, God clearly through my faith has helped me a lot with, with, with those insecurities, but in what ways, um, you know, do you feel like being into fitness and with CrossFit as, do you feel like in any way that that side of physical training has kind of helped you with some of those insecurities that, that, that you've walked through in your life? Absolutely. Um, trying to think of an example. I mean, fitness and sports and training, physical training has helped me in every aspect of life. And I could go on and on about that too, um, just with maturity and facing adversity. But as far as um, facing my insecurities, I mean, definitely. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, the, I mean, the way I look, right? Let me just, let me just say this. And I know like, for example, I'm pursuing CrossFit as a professional athlete. And whether anyone likes it or not, like they're gonna be conscious of the way they look, right? I'm someone now in my life and I'm in a season of my life where I don't worry about what I look like. I'm trying to put myself in the best position to be able to be able to perform and compete whether no matter what I look like, but because I'm in a sport that we do a lot of high intensity training, like most of the dudes that are in the sport, the top of the sport are very chiseled. Um, I'd say focusing on like focusing on the task at hand and focusing on what's in front of me and doing everything I can to be successful at it and rather focusing on the material things, whether it's like the way I look, I think is what's important because so, so much of us can get hung up on the way we look, the way we talk, do we sound smart, um, the words we use, all these things, right? And it comes to that same insecurity piece. And I think it's just, it's good to like, I don't know, focus more on the task at hand and um, the purpose of what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. And rather than getting hung up on um, what you look like or how you're perceived, because if you're getting hung up on those things, you're not gonna be your true authentic self. And then, I mean, you're gonna be bound down to really be something else than other than what you are. 
you're going to talk and walk in ways that you don't believe in. So you're going to get hung up there. And I think it's just important to just focus on like, you know, what you do believe in your core values and actually living those out and walking and talking um, within what you believe in through those values. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I love how you said that because I feel like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, that idea of like, you know, we get so consumed with, you know, with what we look like physically. And I had Adam Clink on a few, a few weeks ago and he said the same thing that, you know, the moment he got past, you know, working out and being, being physically active to, to look good, but it was to perform, you know, to perform, to perform at a high level. Um, but both y'all are, you know, CrossFit athletes and, and he, and he at the time was, was pursuing that and you right now are pursuing that. So, but what would you say to somebody who, you know, wants to have that mindset of, you know, I want to train to, to compete, whether it's against myself or, you know, against a friend or, or, or whatnot, but just that idea of like wanting to train to, you know, to perform and not for looks. Cause I feel like it could be easy for someone to say, well, of course he might not struggle with that because he's trying to be a, you know, a competitive CrossFit athlete. But for me who, you know, just works out three or four days a week, I don't, you know, I don't really have a goal to achieve. I do, I do just want to look good, but you know, so maybe, yeah. how, you know, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. No, I get it totally. And it's just an interesting conversation because at first, you know, um, I'll say this, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look good, you know, and that's part of like being healthy is like, you know, the more active you are, the more um, you're moving, the more you're elevating your heart rate, the more fitness you're doing, um, which is heart healthy, right? It's going to battle off um, disease and sickness. Like you're going to look better because <laughs> you're going to burn more calories. You know, and like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it can be very toxic. And like to answer your question, um, like how can someone shift their mentality to want to um, just be physically healthy or perform is the word you use, like for performance rather than for looks. Um, I would say like you got to you got to go down to the root of why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And like I think someone's why should be more than just wanting to look good. And I think shifting something like physical fitness into more than, oh, well, if I, if it's beach season, I want to look with my shirt off. Like, yeah, that can be a motivation or a motivator, but I think the real root of why should be, and then it should shift to like education of like, well, this is healthy for my body. This is going to help me in the long term for like longevity. Um, like I said, the battle off sicknesses and diseases and, um, like set me up to be functionally fit. So like being able to like bend over and pick something up when I'm 80 years old, right? And be able to hit a parallel squat or if my family goes on a hiking trip, be able to do it with them when I'm 60 or 70 rather than being the guy that's like, oh, sorry, well, I, I can't walk up that mountain, you know? So I think just shifting um, focus uh, and being educated and then also like to answer your question is just like, what's the root of it? What's the why behind it? And having a solid foundation of why, not just oh, I want to look good for beach season. So I, and, and I know that I mentioned it, you know, at the beginning of the podcast that y'all a lot of days work out for five or six hours a day and you train nonstop, which is super admirable, super remarkable. But also, you know, not only are you training for, let's say, six hours, because that was my experience, but you're constantly mm -hmm. listening to worship music for six hours, which I feel like in that space, you know, forces you to have those conversations. So after you were on The Bachelorette, I don't know the timeline, but it sounds like pretty soon you got plugged up or you got plugged in with Mayhem and with Rich and all them. So 
what has that been like for you training in an environment, you know, like Mayhem, for you physically and spiritually to where you, you know, to where you do listen to worship? Because I know for me, like I worked out this morning and it was just, a, you know, simple, quick hour workout, but I just run through my, my, uh, my worship podcast and being in that headspace, it helps me think less of what I look like and I'm performing, you know, mm. to be healthy spiritually, be healthy physically. Um, but how has training in an environment like that helped you in both aspects of that? Oh man, it's been astronomical. I mean, before I even went to Mayhem, I would always kind of preach to my followers, my platform of like the growth mindset, right? Like a James one, two through four mentality, right? Like consider it pure joy. Um, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance and like l let that um, let that um, be mature and complete. So, you know what I mean? So that you're not lacking anything, right? Per persevere through it. And it's kind of like when I say growth mindset, it's this mindset of like, no matter what happens to me, like it's for the better of me. It's, it's kind of like this idea of like things don't happen to me. They happen for me. So it, nothing's a setback, right? Anything is an opportunity to grow. And I love that mentality. And that mentality is literally everything mayhem. And it's cool. Like, Rich, I'm wearing the shirt. Here's a little plug. Froning Farms. I see you. I see you wearing, wearing the Prairie Mayhem apparel. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, man, his slogan, so Rich's slogan, um, he and his best friend started Froning Farms, and his slogan's Into the Storm. And I think it's so neat because it's literally the James 1, 2, through 4 mindset, this growth mindset idea, right, of no matter what comes my way, like I know what's on the other side, and that's going to be growth. And I'll say a quick little example. So um, Rich has bison, right? And, you know, how God made cattle. So cows, if there's a storm coming, cows are going to actually naturally run away from the storm. So they're technically in the storm longer. And then bison, how God created them, they will herd together and charge and go straight into the storm. Like David and Goliath, right into the storm. And they know what's on the other side. They know that if they get through that storm faster, they're going to see sunshine quicker. They know what's on the other side, what lies on the other side. And it's kind of this idea of like, no matter what I'm going to go through, I'm not going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. And like you said, how has that shifted your mentality? I mean, it's amazing. Like being a part of a program, a business, um, a group of athletes, professional athletes and people that are working um, to be the best versions of themselves and who are faith driven, that have a foundation of faith. Like you said, we're worship. We're excuse me, we're worshiping. I wanted to say we're working out, but we are worshiping while we're doing it. So it's like you know, we we have worship music playing the whole time. Um, Mayhem's core values are faith, family, fitness, and service. I mean, like you said, it's the foundation. So being around like-minded individuals, it's been so incredible um, to be a part of because I'm in a position and season in my life where I'm wanting to continue to grow in my faith, family, and fitness and service and to be surrounded by other people who are challenging each other and holding each other accountable to be that best version of you and to bring more to the table has been, man, like I told you, it's been astronomical. It's been huge. It's played a huge role and huge impact in my life. And yeah, I know that I'm here because God wants me to be here. So I'm just continuing to, you know, put boots on the ground and continue to grow here. There you go. Bloom, bl bloom where you are planted. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So dude, not only are you 
physically strong. And if you're listening to this on audio um, or if you're on YouTube, clearly you can see that Luke is built like a house. Um, but you're, you're, you're also super spiritually strong. Um, and you had talked about, you know, your ups and downs and, and your wrestles with God. Um, mm. but, and, and I know when you went on the show, like you said, you had a strong foundation, but where did that relationship start for you? Like how long have you been following Jesus? Yeah. Great question. Um, I like the way you worded that because, you know, yeah, it's good to be physically jacked, but spiritually, I, w- I want to be spiritually jacked. Yeah, we, I want, we, I want my spiritual muscles to be popping. We would be way more spiritually jacked than, than physically <laughs> Exactly. Um, so to answer your question, um, let me let me give you a quick Genesis story. So grew up in the church. Um, yeah, I mean, it went from, okay, my relationship with God started off of like, okay, you know, it's Sunday morning, I got to throw on a college shirt and go sit in the pews with my family. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a fake relationship, it was totally real. Like, I remember like it was yesterday, my, I was eight years old and I prayed, uh, my dad led me in a prayer at the foot of my bed and I gave my life to Christ and I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And that I, re- I remember like feeling different. Like I felt like God was in me and with me and it wasn't just some fairy tale. Like it was real. But still, I mean, I went to like Sunday school and all this other stuff on Sundays. And then Monday through Saturday, it was like, oh, it's time to play games. Life's all about me. You know, it was kind of like I was young, you know. And then this is kind of like my turning point. You know, I grew up, you know, middle school, high school. Um, in sports, never really totally like hanging out with the wrong crowd, but never really um, having a close, close, close relationship with God and studying a whole lot. So then college hits me and you know, I'm on my own and freshman year got pretty dark for me and it was pretty, pretty neat what God did to me in my life. And I could go on and on about each detail and each story, but to keep it short, you know, God was leaving a breadcrumb trail in my life. And one big, one big thing that God was doing to me as well was like my, my brother had gotten um, engaged. And my sister-in-law at the time was a sorority girl at University of Georgia. She was a virgin and she was like literally the perfect wife material. And she was beautiful. She's gorgeous. And I'm meeting her and her family. And I remember thinking to myself like, man, I want that in my life. And I remember at the time I was dating for fun not for uh, marriage and just getting hung up on the whole like physical side of things. And, um, you know, I'm starting to find my identity in wrong things in that point in my life. And we can talk more about that, but my identity was in anything but Jesus. It was being a professional baseball player at the time, playing college baseball at the time. It was being popular, all these material things. Right. And then, like I said, he was leaving a breadcrumb trail in my life. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to get my life right, then I just, I need God. And then, man, I remember like it was yesterday, I was going in my junior college and I know everyone has a different experience with God, but I was actually in the shower and I could feel like God was talking to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I could just see like a movie of things in my mind. I remember feeling all this emotion and crying in the shower and seeing like a movie of all these things I found my identity in and I could feel like God was telling me to let go and follow him. And I remember just like my mind was blown and I was 
in Orlando, Florida, in like a collegiate baseball league. And I remember it didn't have my Bible or anything with me. I had my laptop because I had like a few summer classes and just like go on my laptop and go on like searching up Bible verses and just reading, 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 reading. And then that is when my relationship with God became real to me. It went from religion to relationship. It was all about like, oh, I do these things on Sunday to like, okay, I don't care what anyone tells me about my relationship with God. Like, I'm going to read the Bible, study my Bible, and I'm going to figure this thing out. And then that's when I started having a, a direct personal relationship with Jesus um, going to my junior year of college. And then that was when my life did a complete 180. So not to get too long with the story but there you go there's my quick testimony <laughs> you can never have too long of a testimony because i really do feel like that is that transitional piece of where you know like you said you grew up and it's about religion and then to get to this relationship you know for you um you, know, you said it was in the shower for me it was you know on a porch at a, at a fraternity party and it's really mm. in that moment where your eyes are open to the you know to what you're finding your identity and to to really to your sin and i feel like that it goes from that religion to that relationship when there's a repentance when there's a mm. when there's because it says that god's kindness leads us to repentance and it's just that idea of like you know it because i feel like a lot of people think that you know having a relationship with God and, 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 and serving, you know, Jesus, it, it, it limits you and it restricts you from these different things. But really he came to give us life and, you know, there's, there's no life found outside of him. And a lot of times for me, like you said, I try to put my identity in, in all these other things to, to quote unquote, have life and to find life. And those things are fun for a moment, but you know, when you wake up the next day, you realize how empty and how shallow and how, you know, there's really no sustenance behind that. And when you truly give your life to Jesus, when you truly live a life of, you know, honest repentance, that's not just a one-time thing. That's an everyday thing. And when you truly start to have that relationship, um, that's what's so beautiful about it. My Instagram bio says, if it breaks God's heart, why do you think it will fulfill yours? And I had that, that was such a pivotal moment in my life when I really realized, like, I'm doing all these things that I think are fulfilling me, but if I look in Scripture, it's all the acts of the sinful nature, like it is not the fruits of the yeah. spirit. It's not, I'm not abiding in this word. I'm going to church on Sunday. And like you said, I'm doing whatever I want to do Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. Mm. And, but I think I'm still good because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this one thing and that's religion. And it's when you have a relationship that you realize it's Monday through Sunday, it's every day of the week. All my thoughts mm. are about Jesus. And yes, I mess up. I struggle, but at the end of the day, that's my foundation. I love that. That's good stuff, man. I like what you said too, is like like God like God's not trying to take anything from you. Like he's doing this for you. Like especially when we talk about like rules, right? Or like laws. Because I feel like a lot of people think, especially when we're talking about Christianity, is like, oh well, that just means you can't do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, like God wants to set you free. And God wants everything for you. Like, he wants the absolute best for you. He doesn't want anything from you. He wants it all for you. Especially, like, I mean, I'm, I don't know why it's, it's heavy on my mind. Because I remember the last time I spoke about this, I was at, um, like, a youth, um, kind of like young adult college ministry deal in Alabama. And I remember we, talk, we were talking about, like, 
um, sexual purity and sex before marriage, all these things. And it's like at the end of the day, like, especially if we're talking about like your future spouse, like, and like keeping the, the marriage bed pure, for example, is like, like God doesn't want that from you. Like he wants it for you. He wants what's best for you in the end. And like, it's the same thing with anything um, as far as like sin goes, right? Like he doesn't want these things from you. Like he, he knows what's best for you. He designed us. He designed, and I use sex as an example. He designed sex. Like he wants us to have this with, in the guidelines of marriage. And he wants us to have these things. Um, but like within the right way it's supposed to be done in the right way it's supposed to happen, which is truly what's best for us. And like you said, like if you let go of the idea of religion and you actually develop this personal relationship and realize what God's done for you and like how good his grace is, how just how good his nature is, then it's like, okay, I'm starting to get it. You know, like, it's like, okay, you know what? Like, I understand why you're doing this. Yeah. Cause you do want what's best for me. Yeah. And, and, and it really takes that moment where you realize just how, you know, sinful of a human being that you are. I mean, you know, we're, none of us are bent towards righteousness. You know, we're all bent towards doing these wicked things. And really when, you know, there's a verse in um, Ephesians where it talks about those dark deeds, those dark deeds being exposed. And in Romans, we're talking about we mm-hmm. love the darkness more than the light. When, when light is exposed in those places, we either have, you know, two choices. We can either give in and we can repent and we can truly want to change or we can, you know, either feel shame or all these different things and, and, and make you want to go, you know, further away from God. And I just encourage you that if you're in that space where, um, you know, where you're feeling like you need to repent over things, then, you know, lean into God. It's his kindness that leads us there. It's not his wrath or it's not his, you know, his anger, but it's his kindness that leads us to that to to that space because you know we don't want to break his heart and when you have that idea that it's a relationship and then it's not some you know God some police in the sky you know enforcing all these different things to to restrict from us is because he knows where actual life is found and sin has fractured so much of that so I just encourage you just to lean into that you know if you um, absolutely I just encourage you just to read your Bible I mean that has helped me so much during those times where, um, you know, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm living one way and I know that I need a change. And I feel like there's a lot of guys listening to this, which is the hope of this podcast. And I hope that, yes, you do get physical advice and from Luke, who's wanting to be a superior CrossFit athlete. But more than that, that you, um, you know, you really want to go train yourself spiritually in whatever way you view that as, you know, reading your Bible, worshiping, praying, mm getting back into church, making a habit of that. Because as Luke just said, you know, we all did that on Sunday mornings, but there has to be a switch where it's just more than that. It has to be more about getting back into church. It has to be about actually having a rock-solid foundation with the one who created us. Um, and Luke, just to encourage you, your faith is super inspiring, and even just your discipline with CrossFit is, you know, just, I've said, remarkable and admirable several times. But just the dedication that you all put into that, um, it's just awesome. So just real quick before I ask you the physical challenge and the spiritual challenge I want you to give us, um, can you just go through just kind of real quick what your workout routine looks like for maybe someone who's, you know, I'm listening to this. I hear Luke Parker's going to be on. I want to, I want to pursue CrossFit. I want to do, I want to do that. Kind of, can you just give a brief snapshot on kind of what your 
physical training looks like. And then for those who are saying Luke's faith really encourages me, I watched him on the show um, and I see how he's using his platform now, kind of maybe go through what your spiritual uh, routine is kind of like. Absolutely. Um, hmm. So first, fitness. <laughs> so wake up every morning and I'm, I'll just, I'm going to go through a regular day in the life right now. Let's just keep it at that. I'm going to go bounce back and forth for faith and fitness. So as soon as I wake up, now I'm in a season of life where I'm like making myself. Really, I, I feel like I have to. It's like breathing oxygen. It's like eating food to survive. I have to just get in the work. And some days are better than others. Some days I get out of bed, flip on the lamp on my desk and open up my physical Bible. Some days aren't as good. Some days I lay in bed and I have my Bible app on my phone. <laughs> and get in the Word um, at least for an hour. I usually wake up roughly around 6 a.m., um, read, worship, pray, get that quiet time in. And then um, lately I haven't been eating a whole lot to start the day. So then I'll just like answer emails, do the whole computer phone thing. Instagram the whole nine and then um, drink a cup of coffee <laughs> take some take some supplements and then instantly go from like 830 ish to about noon I'm training what does that look like every day is different but it's usually uh, Metcon or high intensity CrossFit workout or two and then I do strength so about 830 to noon every day I'm training um, doing a few workouts and doing some Olympic lifting and whether it's like back squats, front squats, um, snatches, clean and jerks. So it's, it's a bit of training and then eat lunch. And then literally the, the rest of the day until about five, I do the same thing, <laughs> like two more Metcons and then some accessory work, core work, posterior chain work, you name it. And then in between there, like there's always like, whether I'm on a zoom call, um, podcast, um, getting body work done, massage, dry needling, cupping, the whole nine yards. And it sounds absurd, which it is a lot of training. But, I mean, if you're trying to be at the highest level in this sport of CrossFit, um, it takes what it takes, like anything in life. So that's kind of a normal training routine schedule. And then as far as my faith, having my quiet time in the morning, um, and like I said, some days are better than others. Some days are longer than others. Um but I'd say too, like another thing, and this has been part of my routine and, um, man, I think it's really important for every man and woman. I think w women and girls should have a small group or some kind of community group with other women and girls that can hold them accountable and do life with them. And for me, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with bigger community groups, but I've always, I've always done better and enjoy better, like having small groups. And right now I'm in a small group with a few other men, um, guys that are close to my age who are doing some of the similar things I'm doing. We're meeting once a week for coffee and breakfast and we're just getting in the word and we're praying together. Um, we're being transparent with each other. What are we struggling with in life? What do we have going on in our lives? And to me, I think that's one of the most important things is that community piece. Like, do you actually have someone that you can call or FaceTime or meet with for coffee once a week that can hold you accountable and really push you to the Lord and to live and walk and talk the, the way that you want to and the, that lines up with your core values and your faith and what you believe in. And I think, like I said, that community piece is extremely important. And 
yeah, I'll just I'll I'll end it there. No, no, no dude, for sure, because I know that even for me, like, you know, when the Lord did a, a a ton of work in my life and really opened my eyes to kind of to see the way I was living, it really wasn't until I got plugged in with the with the small group of of guys my age and just really was you know, vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just can, you know, confess things that we'd all kind of walk through. When you had that tight knit, yeah. it, it really is super powerful and you really see, you know, growth in your life. And I know for me, that's helped me spiritually just about as much as, as anything else that I can really think of. And even just, I mean, like you said, waking up in the mornings and having a daughter, I've kind of slipped away from, you know, my normal quiet time routine in the morning now. And at some point I just try to get it in. And a lot of times the gym, becomes that for me, whether I'm listening to, you know, a, an audio, you know, something from the Bible or a, an audio book or a sermon or something like that. I, I sometimes try to substitute, you know, something biblical into that time where I'm doing that. Um, but I just want to say thank you. I mean, I, you know, it's super, um, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize how difficult it is to, you know, really, you know, share struggles, share things that you've walked through, um, in your life so thanks for your vulnerability thanks for your honesty and hey i don't i don't want to i don't want to cut you off because i'm not the host here but i do have a question for you um all right as far as like being a father which congratulations to you and sadie again by the way um like i mean it goes back to that conversation we're having of like you know god doesn't want anything from you he wants things for you and like talking about like this relationship we have with the father and I love like thinking of an example of like being a father. And granted, I'm single; I don't have any kids. Um, but you and Sadie now have a daughter, and like having a son or daughter for anybody, like, what do you want for them? You know, like, you want the absolute best for them. Like, they're your heart and joy. And like, I don't know. I was just gonna say, like, what has that experience been like? Because man, I'm an uncle. My nieces are three and one, and I've learned so much from. And there's been so many parallels in my relationship with God, and I've learned so much from just being an uncle. And I can't imagine being a father. And I was just going to ask you, like, is there anything like immediate that comes to your mind of like what God's shown you or taught you? Or yeah, well, that's such a good question. And I, and I are you are you still single? Yes. Well, I was just going to use that as a just as a thing. But so for me, like when me and Sadie started dating, that was so much more refining for myself spiritually than when I was single. When we got engaged, it was more refining than we were dating. And then when we got married, right. it was a lot more refining than when we were um, engaged. And now having a child, it's like tenfold more refining than um, than even before we had, honey. And, man, I've grown so much just with patience, with grace, with, um, you know, uh, just my tone with things that I say, even to Sadie and just different things. Um Sometimes I can struggle with, uh, you know, patience a lot. Sometimes I can, my primary emotion can sometimes be anger. And even just seeing that, um, you know, emotion come up while I'm holding my daughter who doesn't know what she's doing. She can't talk. All she can do is just cry or smile. Um, The Lord's done so much in my life in that aspect. And really just, you know, my love for her because she could cry for two hours and I can be pulling my hair out just please stop but then if she if she smiles one time then it I almost like forget that that ever happened so it's been such a series of up and downs I mean it's definitely the most challenging thing I've ever walked through but it's been the most rewarding the biggest blessing that we that I've ever been given and um I mean we we pray every night over her and we we 
prayed to God every night for her um, and just hoping that she will, um, here's the Bible, I'm hoping that she will um, love Jesus. I'm hoping that it'll be a real relationship, that it won't be, um, you know, something that feels forced in her life, but something that she sees me and Sadie live out and that she um, is drawn to that. And I hope that she never knows um, anything different than that. And I hope to be an example of what a godly man should look like um, post-Jesus. And I'll share with her my struggles before I knew Jesus. And I hope that I can just paint a picture that life with Jesus is better than anything else that you could ever do. So, um, and I hope that she's a, I hope, her name is Honey, and we pray that she'll be uh, sweet and strong um, like Honey actually is. So, and she's been those two things so far. So I hope that just, you know, translates for the rest of her life. I love that. That's awesome. Honey is sweet. I I do eat honey just about every day. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, dude. It's funny. Honey is like literally one of my favorite things to eat, and uh, like the actual honey. Um, and I just love my daughter so much. And yeah. I think she's the cutest thing ever. Well, real quick before we get off, um, Luke, and I, yeah. I love that you asked me that question. That's a really that, that's that's really powerful. Um, give us a physical challenge and a spiritual challenge to go out and to do this week. Absolutely. So <laughs> I listened to your um, episode with my man, Clink. Adam Clink's a solid dude. I absolutely love him, man. And it's been awesome to, you know, network through CrossFit and um, the relationships and people I've met in the last year and be able to connect with him and compete um, against him, actually, at a semifinal this past year. Anyway, when listening, he gave you guys the uh, physical challenge of Cindy and I, I was interested. I was like, man, should I give them like a bodybuilding piece or something simple, like get the heart rate up like every day for a week or what? But I'm going to follow in suit and give you guys a physical challenge of um, a CrossFit named Workout. And that's Fran. <laughs> um, Fran is a named Workout and it's 21.15.9. So you will do, it's a they call it in CrossFit lingo terms, a couplet. So there's only two movements. So you'll do 21 reps of the first movement, 21 reps of the second, and then follow in order 15, 15, nine, nine. And the movements are pull-ups and thrusters. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a thruster is, you can do it with dumbbells or a barbell. Um, you pick the weights up into the, the front rack position, like a power clean. Um, squat it like a front squat and on your way up you pull push the weight up overhead in a fluid motion I mean I recommend if for the listeners that don't know what a thruster is to just simply google it or youtube it Um, but yeah the like the prescribed weight if you want to you know hurt yourself really badly or you could go heavier um, is 95 pounds Um, for the men and I'm don't quote, don't quote me, but I th- I'm pretty sure it's 75 pounds for the ladies. And the spiritual challenge. And then for the spiritual challenge, man, this is this is a hefty one. Um, it's just been heavy on my heart, man, because this past year is just it really it's impacted me in the past several years because I've done um, 21 day, days of prayer and fasting before, and I guess in this past year. I didn't realize how truly important it is um, to give God your first, 
to give him your first fruits of anything, whether it's your time, money, um, if we're talking about tithing or whatever it may be, um, to give him your first, um, even if it's, we're simply talking about the day, right, and waking up in the morning. Um, and man, like I said, this is a hefty challenge, but New Year's is coming up. And I think for me this past year, I did 21 days of prayer and January 1st through, I guess the 21st, because 21 days. And starting off the New Year, right, was like super impactful um, for the whole trajectory of my entire year. And I would just encourage and challenge everybody to um, start the whole month of January off of doing something, whether it's, I think Adam Klink's challenge this past week was right, 15 minutes in, of just going to God and spend time with him. I think that's an awesome start. And I think doing something like that for the entire month of January, if that's an intense and hefty challenge. But I think that would be my challenge of like, hey, put some kind of time in every single day to start your day for the first month of the year and watch what happens to your life. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's a hefty challenge, man, but I'm telling you, it's going to change your life if you guys put it in the order. Well, Luke, man, thank you so much for joining me today on the 4-8 Men podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we talked all things physical, all things spiritual, and we got super real with one another. So I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll catch you next week.